0: Two one. What up, what up, what up, everyone. This is the Doctor Football Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Dennis Tian, with me as all the CEO of Hedge Better himself, Justin Fine. Justin, what is going on, my man? Oh, it's another uh, sad and gray Monday. Here it, in is. New England. it is. It is. Well, listen. If New you're England. if you're someone who is an eternal optimist, and you're hoping for the Christmas miracle of all Christmas miracles, I have it for you. And this is hundred percent true. The New England Patriots are not yet eliminated from postseason contention, even though they're really? two and ten. Wow. Yes. So, if you're a huge optimist out
1: there, and
0: you're hoping for a Christmas miracle, there's your Christmas miracle right huh. there. Somehow,
1: it happens. That's unbelievable. Honestly, I'm very curious how that's even mathematically still a thing. Well,
0: the AFC is super mediocre. Right. There's a lot of mediocre teams. And, you know, the only team that's been eliminated in the NFL thus far is the Carolina Panthers. And that was yesterday. They were eliminated. So the path is alive and well. It's alive and well. So hope and pray yeah. for your Christmas miracle. All right. So we got a great roster of topics. want to thank everyone watching, everyone listening to the Dr. Football Podcast. We got uh, plenty of things to go through. Uh, not much to go through from the game yesterday because when literally nothing happens but a, a good old-fashioned punt off, yeah. there's really not much to talk about, but we got all kinds of other topics around the league, um, stuff that we can go through. Justin, did you watch the game last night, the Packers-Chiefs? I did. Yeah, what, what a game, right? Good and game, yeah. Good game. And look, look I mean, could, couldn't you just help but think, as you're watching that game, that the Green Bay Packers are set up for the next 10 years with Jordan Love? And for whatever they went through, pissing off Aaron Rodgers, taking a first-round pick on Jordan Love, l- like, now they're looking like they're pretty damn smart. Because I know you're not a fan of Jordan Love, but he's had a good year, and it looks yeah. like he can play.
1: Yeah, he, it's been a little up and down, but look, it's his first year fully starting. I mean, I think he's shown at least that he's viable, right? Like you can win games with him. He can go out there. It's just right. getting the consistency out of him.
0: But but that doesn't that, doesn't that just illustrate like organizationally, yeah. right? You look at what the Patriots and how they handled the Tom Brady departure. And here we are four years later, spinning our wheels. The organization's in a free fall and they're going to go back to the draft this year presumably they're taking a quarterback. They're going to have to get a quarterback somewhere because I don't think either of the quarterbacks, any of the quarterbacks on the roster is going to be the guy next year. So they're bringing in a quarterback. They're going back to square one. What if he sucks? What if he sucks? Now you're looking at seven, eight, nine years, you know, another three, four years of, uh, and going back again, the green Bay Packers did it right. And you saw that last night. They brought in Jordan love. They didn't throw a ton on his plate. Maybe, Maybe Jordan Love is Mac Jones if you put him out there in year one and and you take away his best receiver and you take away his offensive coordinator and and you don't surround him with anything. Maybe Jordan Love is Mac Jones, but instead, what do they do? They give him three years to sit on the bench, watch Aaron Rodgers. They draft a a receiver in the second round last year who's not Taequann Thornton or Nikhil Harry actually can play. They have a system, right? They keep Jordan Love in the system and It works. And lo and behold, now they look like they're set up for the next 10 years.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, and it's not even just like one receiver. Like that is an entirely new receiving room that they've built up over like the last two, three years in the draft. Like those are all young kids and they've all come in like the second, third, fourth round. And it looks like they've hit on the majority of them. So like this team really did. They had a D de- is almost very similar to the, the Patriots or what the Patriots could have been in the sense that they kept their legacy coach, right? They had a defense a fairly homegrown defense. That was in pretty good shape. Um, and they just rebuilt the valuable components of that offense. Yeah. It it looks like there's it really does look like the blueprint for it isn't as difficult as we made it to out to be here in New England.
0: Well, that's just it. I mean, contrast that to what Bill Belichick did here, which is he flew by the seat of his ass. He didn't think he needed a quarterback. He 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 waited till the last minute on Cam Newton. Um, He had Jared Stidham here. They had year after year where it looked like it was going to end with Brady. There was like a four year run at the end there where they were holding it together season by season. Everyone knew the end was coming. They had every opportunity to draft the Jordan Love. And if he didn't look good, they could have gone and gotten another one the following year or two years later. They had every opportunity to have that kind of succession plan here. And oh, by the way, don't forget too, the Green Bay Packers got a second round pick for Aaron Rodgers. What did the Patriots get for Tom Brady? Absolutely nothing. They had franchise rights to him and they let him walk away without getting anything back to this franchise. If Rodgers, I think, had played this year, they would have got a first-round pick. But because he blew out his um, his heel, they get a second-round pick. But they got something for him. I mean, it's just, it's just like night and day. If you look at the contrast between what you saw last night with the Green Bay Packers and how they handled the end of their franchise quarterback compared to what the Patriots did, I mean, it's a textbook of how to do it versus a
1: textbook of how not to do it. Yeah. Yeah, completely, 100%.
0: All right, brother, let's get to it. We're gonna start with the kickoff. that's the opening take to set the table for the rest of the podcast. Um, we'll talk a lot about, I guess what's going on with this franchise. it's It's pretty much all negative right now. Uh, let's let's start with this, Justin. There's a difference between a bad team and an unwatchable team. Yeah, and there are bad teams that can be entertaining. there are there are bad teams that can be hopeful. This team is is not only bad they are neither hopeful or watchable right now. They are completely unwatchable. And what's unique about this team as compared to other bad teams that we've seen in the NFL in the last few years is that they actually have a really good defense. Yeah. And if you look at most of these teams that are bad, it's a combination of both sides of the ball that makes them this bad. You could take, a below average offense and put it with this defense and they would be a borderline playoff team. But we saw that last year. Yes. In fact, this team has a really a playoff caliber defense, but they have nothing, literally nothing on offense. And that is what makes them so unwatchable. And I think distinguishes them from other bad teams.
1: Oh, completely. I mean, look, I saw our step, uh, is the first team in NFL history to lose three straight games where the defense allows 10 points or less in all three matchups. Yeah. Since
0: 1938.
1: I, yeah. Yeah. Like the Chicago Cardinals. So like in the Super Bowl era, it's the first time it's happened. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like I, you know, you look at this team it's like, I know the defense has, you know, they've had their moments this year where they haven't looked that great, but it's like at the end of the day. I mean, how do you look at this team and say the defense is the problem?
0: Right. Well, well I don't yeah. think they're, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like do I think they're a top defense, like like a like an eighty five Bears? Or, no, they're not that good. But they're in today's NFL. They're like a, a solid B plus A minus defense. Like they're a second tier kind of defense. I think they're one of the what five five six seven best defenses in the NFL. Yeah, should be able to win with this defense if you, you have any kind of offense. Yeah, and they can't. And I think that it, you know that's one of the reasons it's so hard to watch this team because it, it's it's just that is how bad their offense really is that, that they can't even freaking score a point that yeah. they can't even win games when you're when you're letting up 10 6 and 6 points and you're still losing because your offense is that pathetic i mean that's that's a tough product to watch
1: yeah super tough product to watch i mean you know obviously you guys with the game yesterday i'm you know i'm sitting there watching on the couch and you know it was just so gross in every. It's funny because like you think back to like maybe that last, the Patriots Rams Super Bowl, right? And you think about how everyone talked about, because what? That, that was a super low scoring game, right? It was like 10 to 3, 13, to, thir- three, 13 yeah, to 3. Yeah. Everyone talked about, oh, defensive battle, defensive battle, right? Exciting to watch. I look at yesterday's game and I'm like, you can't even get excited about the defense, like because like there was just such a lack of offense that you didn't even feel like it was like a chess match back and forth. It's just disgusting incompetency on offense. Yeah,
0: it, it wasn't. It wasn't like a defensive battle. Right. Where you say this is right. a well played defensive exactly. game. It exactly. was. It was literally just straight up incompetence yeah. on offense. On on frankly, both sides yeah. of the ball. I mean, the Chargers did not avail themselves well at all. If no. you. Well, one of these people that believed in Justin Herbert before this game—I mean, take notice of that yesterday because that was a wretched performance.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, look, I—we've said it. Herbert's kind of a talented loser at this point, point. and uh, that Brandon Staley. I mean, come on. Get him out of there! Yeah, like, what a loser! They him. they looked like they didn't want to play. I mean, they look. Yeah. It, it really
0: looked. I mean, we all know that the Patriots were tanking. It looked like the Chargers were tanking too. Like they didn't want to. They be were there. so
1: lucky to get a win. They were so, so lucky. lucky.
0: They should have murdered the Patriots. Yeah. They should have won that game by three touchdowns. Yeah, and they they couldn't get out of their own way to 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 put them away and and like they kept leaving the window open for the patriots to come back and I'm like oh shit like here yeah. we go the patriots are going to win this game in the final minutes and you you know Arizona is beating Pittsburgh mm-hmm. we're taking a step closer to a top draft pick and here we go we're going we're going to eke out a win here cuz the chargers can't get out of their own damn way yep and and we're going to screw up I think next year, but it didn't happen, fortunately, or maybe unfortunately, but the Patriots did not win the game. All right. Um, one thing I will say too about the defense, Justin, is that as, as far away as this, um, as it feels like right now that they are, and in some sense, they are far away. I mean, the one thing you have to say moving forward for this franchise, if you look, into like a rebuild the next year and a new quarterback. Like this defense is going to be a huge asset for whoever plays quarterback next yeah. year.
1: Yeah. Especially once they come back healthy, you know, you will hope to see guys like Gonzalez and, and Judon back healthy. And like, don't forget this team, like this defense is doing this now without arguably the two best players. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. You definitely think that, okay, whoever's coming in to play quarterback, at least won't have an absolute sieve on the other end. Right. Of the ball, it, it, you, know? you
0: know, you're going to be bringing in presumably a young quarterback. Yeah. you know, it's there's going to be a learning curve there and and a defense like this can at least take the pressure off them I mean the offense is a total rebuild yeah. and it's going to be a huge challenge for whoever is the quarterback here next year but at least at least if if you have a defense you can rely on to take the pressure off a young quarterback it's it's a huge asset
1: yeah and now you know I, I'm not fully aware I, I got to look into this, but you know we keep talking about maybe drafting the next guy, bringing in the next guy. Do we know are there any big free agents coming up? This I don't know next Kirk year? Cousins. Kirk Cousins I mean.
0: I mean I I think you're looking for a free agent bridge and then I think you're looking for <clears throat> excuse me um a uh, a rookie to, to be the future. Yeah, I mean would you would
1: you bring in a Kirk Cousins?
0: <laughs> I'd have to look and see. I mean Kirk Cousins might be too close to a starting caliber franchise quarterback for what they really need. Like yeah. I want them to bring in a young guy with a high draft pick, that, that can be the future of the franchise. And I wanted them to bring in a bridge quarterback, someone like a Tyler Heineke or yeah. um, a Case Keenum or, or Colt McCoy, someone that yeah. can start for six, seven, eight games while, while they learn Gardner Minshew, right? Some Someone of that. I think that's more what they need. Like Cousins is more like a guy that you bring in to be your guy for three or five years. Right,
1: right. Okay, now nah, I get that. S- I- Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying – I just wonder, like, are you, because here's the thing, obviously, you know, you can try to add maybe like a top tier receiver, a top tier lineman, you know, and and then go grab the quarterback maybe later in the first round, second round, something like that if you're the Patriots. But like, even if you are able to add like a staple with that, like, you know, top three pick, right? Are you putting the quarterback into a very similar situation? Like, is it almost too risky to throw a rookie quarterback in there right now?
0: I think you have to think
1: about that. And I mean, like,
0: if you have the opportunity to to bring in, to have a good draft and bring in a foundational piece, then like that's not a quarterback or several foundational pieces. I think you have to do that because, right. you know, this, this is as much as we can sit here and say, well, they, they ruined Mac Jones, whatever Mac Jones was destined to be, he's clearly... A lot less than that, and because of a lot of the external factors, the same challenges are going to be facing the next person. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I agree. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like, if you are going to put some draft capital into another quarterback and bring right. him in here, I, I don't want to throw him out there until he's so. He's so gonna I'm going to give you an old
0: old him, yeah. man analogy. An old man analogy. When when they drafted Drew Bledsoe, yeah, they brought in a journeyman guy named Scott Seacules. and and Sequeles was supposed to be the starter in Bledsoe's rookie year. They brought in Bledsoe. And right from training camp, it was apparent that he was a good player. And he actually started, I think, pretty much every game in that rookie year. Yeah. But but they had the the guy there right. and the journeyman there to take those lumps in those first few games if it was needed. And I think I think that's the kind of thing they need to do. They're going to yeah. need to bring in someone. And it, it might not necessarily have to be with that top pick. Maybe it's a second rounder or, or something like that. Or maybe trading back into the first round with some of the draft capital they have. There's options. But yeah. You know, they got to bring in someone young to be the person of the future. And then you got to bring in a bridge person, I think, to come in and kind of take the hits while you go through this process of Mm -hmm. rebuilding this offense. Because they're going to be starting next training camp, like, way down at the bottom of the barrel. Like, this is a a gut job from the studs back up. You're probably going to have a new coach. You're going to have new linemen, new receivers, all the above. Um, there's a lot of wheels in motion here, and it's going to be a lot of a, It's going to be a. It's going to be a long time before they look functional as an offense.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough, and it's definitely not going to happen overnight. For do, sure.
0: do you think Justin right now that there's a rift between the defense and the offense on this team when when the defense plays this good and this is historic, as you alluded to? Just to reiterate that, no team since 1938 has given up 10, six, and six points. Less than 10, 10 points or less in three consecutive games and lost. That's never happened um, right. in the history of the modern NFL. So, at some point, doesn't that have to take its toll on the defense? And these guys are playing hard. They haven't quit on, on either side, really, but certainly on that defense, they haven't quit yet. At what point does resentment start creeping into the locker room and you have to deal
1: with locker room stuff? I mean, I I would argue that that may already be a thing. oh, it definitely is you know what I mean so it's like you know i I feel like you' are no matter what like if whether you're the head coach or the quarterback, both of those guys are gonna i I would imagine are not being looked at favorably from the rest of this team, right and really what it comes down to is you know, can, is it gotten so bad that the rest of the players can't compartmentalize that and say, okay, this is just, you know, a tough situation, but we're going to move on from this. You know, it's, it's, it's one week leak there, one week leak here. Or are these guys just ready to completely give up on, on putting on a Patriots uniform and, and, and coming out and playing? Like, that's, that I think is what, like, the real question is, and these guys actually don't look like, like the defense doesn't look like they're quitting. They have not, not a they defense not that's like quit. They,
0: they play right? hard. They played hard yesterday. Right. And they played a great game yesterday right. on defense. But, but I just feel like at some point, and I think you're right, it, it's probably happened a long time ago, there has to at some point be a rift or a division between the offense and the defense because you have one unit that's playing at like a playoff caliber level and the other that is just so grossly incompetent, bordering on a clown show that, that there's gonna, at some point be locker room divisions. Even, um, you know, did you hit Jabril Peppers getting caught on the hot mic last week? Did you hear yes, about that? It,
1: well, yeah. We asked. We yeah. Asked. You lucky. Did we you asked, have a
0: problem yeah. with him saying that? No. Neither did I. No, this is truth
1: because he still played his ass off. He plays and, his ass yeah, off every week. That exactly guy. right. And
0: those, if you anyone that's played any kind of sport, knows that's the kind of stuff that's said on the field yeah. all, all the time between players. Yes, he didn't know he was on the mic. No, so and he was just telling the truth. So you yeah. know what? I have 0. 0.0 problem with what Jabril Pepper said. I don't think he really he, he gave a very eloquent apology that it like shows he's a stand up guy. Yeah, right? it was like a three minute apology. Hey, good for him. But I'm gonna tell him. I would tell him you don't need to apologize. You just told the truth. You Literally. just told the truth and someone caught it on microphone.
1: Yeah, that's all that was. And it it's not like he said it to a member of the media. Like he said right. it to another player exactly. on the field. It is what it is. It's and, like, you know.
0: And it's a hundred percent accurate.
1: Very accurate. Yeah.
0: Very accurate. All right, Justin, let's let's move on to the next topic because I think um I think I think, you know, I think I think this defense is going to continue to play hard. If they haven't yeah. quit yet, they're, they, I don't think they quit in any of these last five games. But j- just must be so frustrating. But but if you're looking as a Patriots fan for like one ray of pos- positivity for, for going into next season, what's going to be a big rebuild for this team in many ways. Yeah. This defense is going to be something that that you know you're you're you know you're close to playoff caliber on already.
1: Yeah, I mean. It's very, very fortunate that you're gonna be able to have a defense like this. And honestly, too, whoever you bring in here, iron's gonna to start to sharpen iron on day right. one because right. they're gonna to have to go against that defense in practice. Um in really too, you know what? I think I think it honestly it helps just the the uh sort of like the allure, like the mental aspect of it of like coming to play for New England. It's like, hey, I yeah, I'm coming into a team that was, you know, whatever, two, two wins, three wins last year, but it's like I have something that I can go hang my hat on. Right. Right. And that's kind of what you want the next quarterback that, to come That's what here they and need say, right? And
0: so so to wrap it all up, we can say that that their defense, this defense is something it, it is a playoff caliber defense. Yes. It's it's something that most bad, bad teams don't have. Right. And and you know, it's going to be an asset to them moving forward. But right now for the next Five or six games. All it really says is how bad their offense is because they can't win games like this, and it makes them unwatchable.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm actually I'm curious too because separate from the the quarterback, you know, we talk about you know Belichick and his ability to coach, his ability to to keep the team in the locker room. Does the fact that the defense, which is his area, like the 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 fact that that defense is still not quitting and still playing their butt off, like does that help his argument or his case at all? His case to stay? Or just his case that like, hey, like, you know, maybe like, maybe we're being a little... Maybe that he's taking a little bit more heat than he should. Like, maybe that... Like, I look at it and I'm like, okay, it's really boiling down to the fact that this offense is trash, right? We don't have a quarterback. And yes, you can argue that Belichick put those dominoes in place to get us here, right? But I'm like, okay, it's clearly a quarterback and an offensive problem. The defense is still... Playing their butts off, even you know, down their two best guys with nothing to really play for. And so I look at that and I'm like, okay, is that is, are we maybe putting too much of the blame on Bill Belichick here? Well, well,
0: I don't know. Yes and no, because the the what this really shows is that when you take the greatest defensive mind of of the generation, and this this affirms that Bill Belichick is one of the great defensive minds in the history of the NFL. Right, And when you take a guy like that and you pair him up with the best offensive player in the history of the NFL, right. then you get 20 years of outright dominance, yeah. which is what we saw. You take away that offensive player and we're seeing that, I don't want to say the emperor has no clothes because Bill Belichick is still a great defensive mind, but all those flaws... That Belichick carried forward, yeah. now no one's there to cover them up. True. Yeah. And now it's all exposed. Yeah. So, so the case for Belichick moving forward, I don't know. You know, he's showing it's he's showing that even in the worst of the worst circumstances, the guy can still coach a defense and, and put a, a good defense out there. Um, what does that mean for them moving forward? Because you need offense to win in 2023 NFL.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I I think you're right. I think it's, I think it is a kind of a little bit of both, but you're right. I think it does still speak that like Belichick's a good defensive mind. It's just, uh, it's just really, this offense has gotten so out of control to the point where even I think having the best defense in the planet wouldn't save us. And in all fairness,
0: Belichick right now is responsible for that offense too. It's just that he, he doesn't have, maybe he lacks skills that we didn't, that didn't really become a uh, exposed yeah. for 20 years because Brady was here and yeah. now, now it's exposed and it's all falling apart on yeah. that side of the ball. Okay, Justin, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the quarterback position. And what I want to say about this is that to me, what yesterday showed is that from my perspective, it doesn't matter who plays quarterback for this team. Yeah. I We're going to talk a little bit about this. I think it was worse yesterday. I think it was worse. I think Zappy was terrible yeah. yesterday. I really do. But watching that yesterday made me realize that you could put freaking Dan Marino, John Elway, Pat Mahomes, Joe Montana, Tom Brady out there, and they're going to struggle and be half of what they should be with this terrible offensive talent and this terrible offensive coaching and scheme, frankly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Zappi... Dad, he, look, he scored zero points at home, right? He was it's against tough. one of the worst defenses in exactly. the NFL. Exactly. It's tough. one
0: of the worst I think they were number 1 in points against, highest
1: and we couldn't the Patriots couldn't score a point, a single point them. at home. So, um yeah, I was I was really hoping when I heard that Zappi got the start. Like you said, I've kind of backed off from the the you know, the whole possibility that Zappi could be the guy. And I don't think he's the guy. I'm I'm definitely firmly in that camp. But I was at least looking for a little bit of excitement like maybe he would come in and inject some sort of spark into the offense, right? Like I I didn't want them to win. You know? No. Yeah, right. But it was like I wanted him to at least come out and show say, something. oh, yeah, show something. Yeah. And like you said, it it almost arguably looked worse. It almost looked like the rest of the offense took that as the ultimate white flag and just nobody came right. out and played well. That's
0: right. And that and yeah. to me, that's that's exactly, that's one of my takes from yesterday is that when you see how bad Zappy looked, and maybe it was a little worse, maybe it was a little better, it certainly it wasn't appreciably different. It was more or less the same. And to me, Max, the guy with the higher ceiling, he's got much higher potential than Zappi. When they made the decision to go to Zappi, what they were doing organizationally is they were throwing up the white flag and saying, We quit. We need to rebuild. We need to ride out the string here. Max toast. Max done. We've given him 11 games. He can't figure it out. He's getting worse. He's regressing. He's a puddle. And let's throw up the white flag. Put Zappy out there because even though it might look worse, at least now we we're moving in a clear direction towards a rebuild. Right. That that's Definitely. what I think it was, and I think that's what they're going to do the rest of the
1: year. I mean, do you think we're going to see Malik Cunningham at all? Like, do you think we're going to see five more Zappy? Sh- I'd showings? like to
0: see Malik Cunningham yeah. because I feel like what what do they have to lose? Right. At this point, you're you're holding open auditions for the backup quarterback position on this team in 2024. That's what this is all about, this last five or six. That's the a pathetic state, but that's the best you can.
1: Let me afford. ask you this. What is what would be better for this team? For Malik Cunningham to maybe come in and start like the last four or five games and show that he's serviceable and that maybe he has a shot to be the guy, but they squeak out a win or two and that draft pick falls, or you keep rolling with what you have now, and just completely go into next year clueless. But you lock up like a first or second pick.
0: I mean, long term, what's better?
1: Yeah, like what would you rather? I
0: mean, you, you you have to say that it's better to just lose out and, and get the right. best possible draft. Pick. Right. I mean, so that's then it's- that's what I think. And I'm no tanker. I am no tanker. I don't. want I've never wanted this team to tank. I don't believe in tanking. But where they are right now, the rebuild that they're going to have to do on this offense, they need all the draft capital they can get. And and winning two games with Malik Cunningham does nothing for them. And oh, by the way, and you can't say this about every year, this is one of the best years to have a top draft pick in recent memory. You got a couple big time quarterbacks that are legit guys, not reach guys. Trey Lance was a reach guy. Zach Wilson was a reach guy. Teams are desperate for quarterbacks. It's a quarterback driven league. Everybody wants one. Now you see them pulling these guys in the top five who have no business even going in the first round. Happens right. every year. Yep. Well, this year you've got a couple legit top five guys. And you've also got a couple other players, a tight end from Georgia, a tackle from Penn State, um, Marvin Harrison Jr., that are legit top of the draft guys. This is a great year to have a top pick. Yeah. So I think getting all the draft capital you can get, unfortunately, that's the best thing you can hope for for this franchise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and honestly, that's, again, that's what makes it so tough is like, we keep talking about, Oh, it would be nice to see this the last couple of games. It'd be nice to see that the last couple of games But like, realistically, we don't want it. We want more of exactly what we saw right. yesterday. And that sucks, but we want to lose. Do, do you agree with me that it looked worse with Zappi yesterday? Yeah. 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 And now look, is that, is that the fact that for, ninety-five percent of the off season in years zappi has been running with the twos and you know has been the backup. Sure. But ultimately what it really tells me is that he's no better than than Mac. I I, I would go further. I would say he's
0: he's worse. He's worse yeah. than Mac. I mean I've heard I heard some some talk in the media today from people saying oh it, it looked a little better. And I I would Tell people to think really critically yeah, and hold right. Zappi to the same standard you held Mac Jones to because Zappi is like the fresh new thing. You know, there's always nobody more popular than the backup quarterback in any time when you have a bad quarterback situation. And everyone was clamoring for Zappi or a lot of people were. You look at what this guy's done since he's come in. He came in Indianapolis. He threw a terrible pick. He came in against this New York last week. He threw a terrible pick. Yesterday, you can say he didn't turn the ball over. He probably threw about three or four passes that really should have been intercepted. Easily. He threw two, especially in the fourth quarter. Late, he threw two gimmies to the Chargers that they dropped both times easily. Yeah. He missed several easy throws. He took five horrible sacks. At times, I felt like he moved a little better in the pocket than Mac Jones. I think that was. But then at times he he missed reads and blitzes. He got crushed by Khalil Mack on a huge fourth down. He looked awful in the pocket. So I think you see this kid for a couple weeks. There's an old saying familiarity breeds contempt. You're going to, people are going to eventually realize that he has just as many and frankly more flaws than Mac Jones, same limitations on the roster around him, and overall the product's worse.
1: Yeah. No, I think honestly, if anything, you know, it definitely sucks, for, you know, finding out that the guy that you wasted time and draft capital in is not the guy, right? But you know what? We found out two things this year, and that's Mac isn't the guy, and Bailey Zappi isn't the guy. And I think both of them have just been such headaches for Patriots yeah. fans like the last few years. I mean, I think it's nice to, if anything, have a little bit of clarity. If there's a silver lining in it,
0: is there a quarterback on this roster right now? Who will be on this team next September on the open India roster?
1: Unless I mean, again, unless Malik Cunningham can show something, I I don't know. I mean, I I could I see keeping Zappi on as like a backup, maybe? Maybe. I'm but- not even convinced Zappi is a NFL backup. I I really
0: think you want more from your backup quarterback i mean I, I think i i would go so far as to say that of the three guys on this roster right now and i know that jones is on a good contract but i just don't see how you can bring him back based on the way everything's right. going down this year i don't think zappy is the guy and they've been trying to get rid of bailey zappy since the summer and they've been trying to get rid of this guy they cut him he cleared waivers i mean there's 60 quarterbacks in the nfl yeah. that if you put them on waivers they get picked up bailey zappy cleared waivers what does that tell you my book of all these three quarterbacks, the only guy that I think, or the guy that has the best chance to be on this roster next year, is Malik Cunningham. Is yeah.
1: that crazy? No, no. That's I mean, that's kind of my, that's kind of my feeling, and that's honestly just because he hasn't had a chance to ruin it for himself. That's that's really what it is.
0: Exactly. He's still a young developmental yeah. guy, and he's gonna he's at some point gonna get a chance maybe to be a backup. But if you really ask me, like if you if you told me I had to make a bet. I would say this is a whole new quarterback room next year. Like I don't think I don't think any of these guys, maybe Cunningham, I don't know on a practice squad thing, I don't know. I think they have a new starter and a new backup next year.
1: Yeah, and it might honestly be the best thing even if it's just for, you know, the the mental aspect of it, the the uh, you know, the um what is it like the the mind games? Like yeah, you, you don't want to bring those guys back in after the way they struggled to perform this year. Like after all the crap they've put up with the last couple of years, like you really might just want that fresh start for your quarterback. You know, you might need it. Yeah, you might need it, you and, really and, and they
0: might need it. I mean, certainly Mac Jones needs needs a total fresh start for his yeah benefit. Like he's never going to be successful.
1: He should probably there. never take another snap in a Patriots uniform. Never. Honest, he's not going to so, yeah. take another snap. And I, I I I said we said that
0: last week, and I believe yeah. that. Okay. Uh, I want to move on to this, Justin. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about how Mac Jones is kind of broken right now. Um, did you hear... Have you been listening to Bill Belichick's press conferences and interviews on WEI a- a- on no. Mondays? It, just, just if, if you listen to the way that Bill Belichick is speaking, and like he's so short, he's testy, he's on edge, the facial expressions, the body language, I'm starting to wonder... Is Bill Belichick broken too? Like we know Mac Jones is broken. Is Bill Belichick broken? The guy's 72, which I think is still young in some ways and he's healthy. Yeah. But he looks like a broken guy that is just kind of like done with it all sometimes.
1: Yeah, he he doesn't he, he does kind of just come off sometimes like totally like disheveled on the side. Like disheveled. I was, yeah, I was I was watching the game with with Alyssa and, you know, a couple other buddies yesterday and some of their girlfriends and wives and all the girls are saying the same thing, like, why does Bill look like that? Why does he look like that? And he yeah. did, he kind of looked like, uh, he did look just like disheveled. Like yeah. he looked like a bum. And now, you know, obviously it's, you know, you don't judge a book by its cover, but it's just like, it just looked like Bill is defeated. It looks like he's giving up. It looks like he's just going through the motions. Like, I don't, I don't think, I think that's a guy who's more focused on his like newly single lifestyle right now than like the new England Patriots. Does he,
0: do do you, does he not understand that the way he handles the media is making it worse? Like rationally, right. If your objective is to not create controversy and distraction for your team, that when you try to stifle, all these reporters and give these smug, smarmy, arrogant, condescending answers like he does, that you're actually adding fuel to the fire, it's incendiary to do that. And it would be easier for him to just answer the question. Okay, you don't have to air dirty laundry, you -hmm. don't have to throw anyone under the bus, but you can give an answer to the question that gives some real information. I mean, you hear the way he talks to like Mike Reeson and Phil Perry and and, and um, Mike Giardi, and it's like he makes it a thousand times worse by just not answering the question.
1: Yeah, he he really does. It's all because honestly, when you. Don't answer the question. It just leaves more interpretation up to people in the media. And obviously, I don't think anyone has a favorable interpretation right now of mm-hmm. anything.
0: Nothing. N- yeah. Absolutely not. And I, I think last week you nailed it. We should keep talking using this. But your your stepbrother's analogy when the guy farts and he's like, oh, now that's actually weird. Yeah, That's yeah. exactly it. When Belichick's winning, we're yeah. all like, oh, this is great. Look at Seriously. how he's so rude. And now- and now we're like, oh, this is ridiculous. What a jerk. But but I also do think it's gotten worse. Like, I think he's he's gotten worse. And he's a guy that never took losing well. You know, you'd listen to those pressers when they would lose like three games a year. And they would always be gruesome and ugly. And yeah. and now that they're losing like 10, 12, yeah. you know, <laughs> games in a year, whatever, it's like a million times worse.
1: It's, it's way worse. I mean, in, look, I... Can't blame him. I can't imagine it getting better, but it's like he needs to have a little bit of self-awareness in this situation. A little bit. Yeah. And just understand that like, hey, in the past when you had Tom Brady – and you were winning super bowls, you could be a little short. Now you, I get it. It's tough to teach an old dog new tricks, but you got to give a little bit when you're losing. But if all, you're really yeah. all about the team, that's right. That's what I'm saying. The team
0: you, thing to do, the best thing for your team is just yes. to answer the damn question and not create a side distraction yes. by, by, by being so fixated on not answering the questions, not creating any distractions. You're actually creating more distractions, Bill. It's a paradox. You're, you're creating you're adding fuel to the fire. Just answer the questions. And you like I said, you don't have to air the family jewels in public, but you can provide a real answer to the question. Yes. Okay, let's move on. Um, I was gonna talk next about oh, I know what I want to talk about. <laughs> you know, when what when we all like when Gerard Mayo st- um I think the way that this is all headed right now, right, right. I, I'm I'm thinking that more and more, that you know, the que- the question becomes: If Belichick is gone, what happens to all these assistant coaches they brought in? Mayo, O'Brien, and, and Macro, in particular, the GM. And I think that when whatever arrangement the Crafts and Gerard Mayo made last year, they, they that was all under the assumption that this wasn't going to end like this, right? Like I think we all kind of figured there might be a run of mediocrity here for a couple years. It might be mm-hmm. frustrating, but I don't think anyone ever saw that Bill Belichick was going to be 2-10. Like, I think that that is something that's so far out of left field. And I think that that really opens the door to wondering, what is Gerard's Mayo's future with this franchise and what is Bill O'Brien's future with this franchise? The way things are headed now, Justin, I am leaning more and more towards maybe you just need to make a clean break and clean house completely and bring in a whole new regime. What are your thoughts on, on what Gerard Mayo, Mayo's future is with the NFL and uh, with the New England Patriots?
1: You know, I'd honestly, I, I would actually like to see him, him stay in, in come on. And I say that because, you know, we talk about the Patriot way, the Patriot way, and whether the best way to get back to a semblance of that is to maybe, maybe it's to clean house and just bring in a whole new regime, but you know. That's a guy who was here in the prime of it, right? He lived the Patriots way. He's part of the Patriots way. You know, he won Super Bowls. I mean, that's a guy like if you really want to try to get back to what you used to do in New England, I mean, I would like to give someone like that a shot. Like, I think you have a much better chance to get back to the old Patriots with somebody like him at the helm than like bringing in a completely new regime. Right. But by the same token, Maybe you don't want to go back to the old Patriot way. Maybe that's what you have to do. Maybe you do need to just go in a completely new direction. Maybe the old Patriot way is is dead, not to be revived. See,
0: I, I go back and forth on this because I think the idea... Of having like I always kind of envisioned that this would that even if there was like a run of mediocrity here at the end that it would end after a couple years and they would just transition to the next guy who presumably is Gerard Mayo. Never did in my wildest imagination did I think this was going to bottom out and hit rock bottom like they did this year. And the more they they continue to like carve out a new bottom and the rock bottom, which seems to be every week, I'm starting to really question if the right path forward is just a complete and total clean break. The thought of them with absolutely no tie organizationally to the Patriot way, Bill Belichick is frightening and and a little bizarre to me, frankly, because I never thought it would be like that. Yeah. But but I just wonder if it might be the best thing
1: for them. You know, look, the other thing I could, I could hear you argue too, you know, you could say – what do we just talk about? This team is kind of set on right, not set, but at least in a good spot with, and that defense, right? Yep, that's fair. Maybe, maybe, fair. maybe you say, but to your point, maybe you say, okay, we have a defense that's set up. Let's bring in an offensive-minded head coach to help kick the off, kickstart the offense back up, right? I, 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 I could see that. Or, but, I
0: could, but to, just to argue against that, right? Like you, 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 you push your odd mail out. You bring in an offensive guy now you're you're your stability that you've yes. had at defense a thing you can count on you're right. risking losing it for sure you, you bring Gerard Mayo back next year you can pretty much count on the fact this defense is going to be similar to what it's been the last couple of years which is a good defense
1: right right and that's and, and again i think to, like to my original point i think i would like to see this team with a defense like this give Gerard Mayo a chance to at least revive the old patriots way cuz again maybe it's not that the patriots way is dead maybe it's the guy who's preaching you know what I mean? Maybe it's, yeah. it's Bill Belichick. His time has passed. Maybe you need a fresh face like a Gerard Mayo to come in and revive the Patriots way. Like, let's say so you yeah. bring
0: in an offensive mind, like it's a new hot, you know, fresh uh, commodity. That's like one of these Sean McVay type guys. And now you're building your offense and that defense that, was so good. Well, you don't have Bill Belichick coaching anymore. You've got, you know, Kyle Shanahan or you've Zachary Taylor or something. And now yeah. all of a sudden your defense isn't the seventh best defense in the league. It's the 27th. Right. And now you're really rebuilding. Yes. Now you're really rebuilding. And that is the argument I think for keeping mail. What about um Bill O'Brien? I mean, he, he had, you know, what, what has he done? I mean, I don't blame him. We talked about this last week, but I don't think it's his responsibility, but do you keep him around? I mean, has he has he done enough to, to earn the right to be back? I mean, again, what we said last week, I stand by that. You can't make chicken salad from chicken excrement. There's nothing for him to work with here. But do you do you bring him back next year with a new quarterback and, and maybe a new coach?
1: Honestly, I think you bring him back. Like I just think like what if you look at what this team's gone through, like three offensive coordinators in three years, like I think it'd be crazy to say that didn't at least play a little bit of a contributing factor into everything we've seen, right? And it's like you know, Bill Bill O'Brien's a guy that we've seen him have enough success in the past. Like, I think he deserves another year with a with, with, at least with a competent quarterback. Like, I I I would like to see what you know giving this guy a second year in the uh, uh, running the the offense with a competent quarterback could do because like we said we haven't had a competent quarterback and we haven't had consistency at the coordinator for a few years now so i would like to give him the benefit of the doubt what about um what w- all right. Well, I mean, in a competent
0: receiver room, right? But, and, yeah, incompetent
1: he, he, anything. He's missing a lot. Mi- missing, missing a lot. A lot yeah. it's,
0: it's hard to blame the guy. So, do you want you want Mayo back as head coach, O'Brien as offensive coordinator, and an, and a new and, and 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 a new quarterback? Is that is that something that you would be excited about?
1: Yeah, yeah. Exa- yeah. If you told me that that Mayo was running the the defense and he was going to step up as the head coach, Bill O'Brien was coming back at the offense, and we were bringing in a new quarterback, plus we went out and maybe drafted like that. Tackle from Penn State or Marvin Harrison Jr. I'd be pretty excited.
0: You know, I, I here, here's my take on this: is that you know my, my gestalt is you you just bring in someone new. You bring you go you get you get Harbaugh, you get Sean McVay, you get a big name, and you yeah. do a total regime change. But I will say, we talked about an opening take. This defense is really good, and if you could have continuity there with Gerard Mayo and bring in an offensive mind that could rebuild this offense. That really might not be a bad approach either. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give you a couple more quick takes, and then we're going to uh, talk. by uh, two takes on the future, two takes on what happened yesterday, and then we're moving on to around the league. And they're all going to be quick, okay? Number one. I mean, we've talked about it before, so I don't want to belabor it. Taequann Thornton and Devonta Parker. I mean, you know, so Zappi was not good yesterday, but he's an NFL quarterback, and he's going to make a few throws. He made a couple good throws to Parker who couldn't get his feet in bounds um, and Taekwon Thornton who drops a perfect deep ball. That I was, mean, we've seen that how many times with Mac yeah, Jones, right through his hands, right yeah. through his hands. Yeah. It's the same story. doesn't matter who plays quarterback.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was super tough to watch. Like, it was, it was one of those things where it was like you could just tell that he as bad as the quarterback play was, they, he was not getting any help. Well, whatsoever. this is
0: what I want to say about both those guys is that th- this is not a situation where we had someone and they got hurt and they weren't available to us or right. something. This was the two guys that they invested in. They traded up to get Taequann Thornton, right? So no excuses that he sucks. They restructured Devonta Parker and potentially passed on DeAndre Hopkins to yeah. restructure these were their guys. And what's
1: up with Juju? Is he a healthy? Was he- Juju Smith is their guy. He yeah. caught He caught a pass yesterday. Yeah, there you go. One pass. They yeah.
0: had their three guys that right. they wanted, that Matt Groh and Bill Belichick brought in here to be their receiving corp. Now, I know Bourne is hurt. They don't even like Kendrick Bourne. He's the best one. Yeah. They wanted to get rid of him. They tried to push him out the door for two seasons now. The three guys that they believed in, you know, pass on Jacoby Myers. We're bringing in Juju Smith-Schuster. They gave him good money, right? We're restructuring Devontae Parker. We believe in him. He turns 50-50 balls into 90-10 balls. That's Matt Groh's quote. Really? Haven't seen him do it once in, in two friggin' years, okay? Tyquan Thornton, trade up. We want to get fast. We got to bring in fast players, right? Well, can they catch the damn ball? Because Tyquan Thornton, again, shows he can't. I'm just saying, those are their guys out there, and they are so bad.
1: Yeah. No, they're... Awful. And like, to the point where like, it almost looks like you're watching like literal, like you would ask yourself like, Oh, are these the guys that they brought up from the practice squad? Because there's just, they're having a string of bad luck. They can't get guys. Three guys guys. get hurt and you're signing
0: guys off the scrap heap in October or something. Yeah. Nope. That's not the case. This was their plan. This was their plan. And that needs to be said because it was a terrible plan. They can't point the finger at anything but themselves. Yes. Okay. Very quick. Um, Ramondre Stevenson hurt yesterday, probably done for the season. Yeah. Disappointing player, super disappointing player. They were playing with fire all season with the running back position because they really only have two guys, Stevenson and Elliott. And it's, they're lucky that no one's gotten hurt to this point, but you know, we talk a lot about the holes on this roster put running back right up at the top of the list. Like in my book, Stevenson's an above average back. He's nothing special. Elliot continues to show pop when they give him the ball. I mean, he runs hard. The guy's got more in the tank than I give him credit for. I'd love to see him back, but I don't think he's the long-term solution either. They really need to totally rebuild their running back room this year too. In addition to their quarterback receivers and offensive line, they gotta rebuild their running backs.
1: Literally every position on offense. Every position,
0: they have nothing. The cupboard is bare across the board with the possible exception of their interior offensive line. Because, you know, Andrews, look, C.D. So is playing great. And I don't know, Cole Strange, maybe, maybe not. I hope they bring back Owen AU. Um, But everywhere else is just like worse than the league. Literally worse than the league. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. All right. Two awful. takes
0: about the future I want you to think of. And, and I want to fully admit they're, they're contradictory in some ways. So bear with me. Um, number one, you know, just throwing out there, we, we talk about Belichick like he's gone. And I think you and I are both on the same page on that. But – if this team gets the number one pick and they can draft Caleb Williams, does the thought of keeping Belichick and bringing in a potential generational talent like that, and I know we're both skeptical of Caleb Williams, but is that a tantalizing possibility, Belichick and Caleb Williams, you know, rebuilding re- rebuilding that offense and Belichick holding down the defense?
1: I don't want any part of Caleb Williams. Okay. Even, even if you could take him in the fifth round, I don't want wow. him. Wow. I don't want him at wow. all. I think he is a born take. cancer for a team. Yep. I just like the guy I just think has so many red flags. I think he could be one of the worst things you could do. He, he would be the the guy that would be all over social media running his mouth. He'd be the guy all over the press conference running his mouth. I think he'd be the first person to blame, you know, call out his teammates and coaches. I just think he would be a very right. bad fit for what well, we're trying to do. Well, you ever heard that here. saying,
0: like, 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong?
1: Right. It's like, right. It's like
0: can all these scouts be wrong? I'm, I'm, I'm not impressed with Caleb Williams. I'm not a scout. Like, I, I've seen, I see red flags up and down. But I get, it's like, you know, you go to the casino and you get like, you get tantalized by the prospect of the big win, right? It's like buying a lottery ticket. You know, the the possibility that this guy could become what they say he could be.
1: I mean, it's a lottery ticket. It is, but it's just like, I, here's the thing. I've seen enough dudes and I'm, you know, I'm only 30 years old, but I've seen enough guys, not just in football and a lot of different sports. And that have been highly touted as this or that that have, you know, flamed out and haven't panned out. Right. And I also look at just like situations like last year, like it was very apparent to us that Bryce Young wasn't the number one quarterback in that draft. And we sat here going, well, we're not experts, but how is it so obvious to the Carolina Panthers and all the scouts that this guy is the number one? And to us, it's very clearly not the number one. Right. So I do look at it and I say maybe there are times where they get it wrong. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not to say that- Well, I think they're wrong all the time. They're wrong all the time. And I just look at this and I just say, hey, look, if you just had to ask me a gut feeling based off what I know, not only about just like sports, but just human interaction, personalities, like that is just a guy who does not seem to be the right fit for what this team is lacking um, and what the current problems I are. I mean,
0: if you're asking me like, what does Dennis Tian think about Caleb Williams? I'm with you. Like, yeah. I'm not touching this guy with a 10 Exactly. Goal, but, but I also acknowledge that I might not know what I don't know. And, and there are scouts that, and people that say this guy is the next Andrew Locke. He's, he's, he's a generational talent. So I don't know. Like, I'm just saying, like I get a little tantalized. I get a little tempted to grab that. And then you throw him in. And now let's say he is the next Pat Mahomes. And now you got Belichick and the next Pat Mahomes running out there for the next five years. like, is that is that too good to be true? Probably. I that's think that's so, a sexy, yeah. tantalizing possibility.
1: It is. It is. I. It is. I think if you accept that, that's a possibility. Like for me, I haven't accepted the possibility that Caleb Williams will come in and do that. Okay. Like I, I am just, I'm just not, I'm not bought into it. I get it. The idea of someone who could do that is a tantalizing possibility. Right. I just don't, I don't see it with the, it. the
0: reality is I like. Could, I'm thinking of the Belichick of like 10 or 15 years ago, first of all. So that's my first problem. Yeah. Not the just dis- dis- disaster we've seen the last five years. Right. Like I'm going back to the good old days. Yeah, That's the first thing. And then I'm thinking of the Caleb Williams that ESPN tells me that we're going to get and not the Caleb Williams that my better judgment tells me
1: be super cautious about this player. Well, that because that's the thing is like, look, we've talked about this and we said the same thing with Mac Jones. And it's like a lot of college players... Can, you know, if they're maybe, you know, talented or whatnot they're not as hindered maybe by their lack of like mental game. Right. Cause like there's no question that once you get to the pros, like the mental game and everything, because I think a way bigger aspect than college, high school, anything like that. Right. Yep. Yep. You look at someone like Caleb Williams, like he's physically talented, but we're sitting here talking about all those like personality and character flaws. Right. Like those are the type of things that when you get into the NFL, those are going to get amplified, right. Amplified, magnified, totally. like totally. through the roof. You and know you're what I mean? facing
0: resiliency at, 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 in the NFL level. Yes. You you can, you can go to college as a quarterback and be super talented and never really face adversity. That, exactly. Look at Mac Jones. That's exactly you go to right. USC, you go to Alabama, you go to Georgia and, right. and you think you face adversity, but you really haven't because you yeah. have, you're playing with the varsity and like even the third and fourth best school in the country is JV compared to what Alabama might be or exactly. something like that. And yeah. also
1: just something I want to point out too, real quick is always remember like who these guys are playing with too, right? Like if you want to go back the last 2 years, we're looking at someone like Jordan Addison right now was potentially one of the best rookie receivers, yeah, right? Totally. He absolute stud that That's kid. That's a great point. Uh, two years ago, who was Kenny Pickett's number one ride receiver at Pittsburgh? It was Jordan Addison. Yes. Last year, with Caleb Williams, won his Heisman. Who was the number one receiver? Jordan you, Addison. Is Jordan Addison right? right? So, like, in great call. And now you look at Kenny Pickett; he's kind of bumming it in the NFL. Right. Not the dude we thought he right. was. You look at Caleb Williams; he's struggling, we gotta, right? We got a Caleb Williams is even struggling a little bit in college this year without oh, he him. Oh, struggled this right? year big time. So it's so it's like I don't. I'm not as impressed with some of these totally. young quarterbacks. I just think with Caleb Williams, I'd let somebody else give him equity and, and deal with his ego. So, you know? so
0: this, this is going to lead to my second take on the future, right? So if you're rejecting my Belichick and Caleb Williams idea, which I agree with you, is probably not what I would personally do, but but it's so sexy. It's so tantalizing. I have to throw it out there, okay? What about this? You look at teams that have gotten into the first to second pick in the draft and what they have gotten back in yield when they have traded out of that position. Like right. We say we're rooting for the Patriots to tank. That doesn't mean I'm rooting for them necessarily to, to take a pick with the first pick, like you could pick up multiple first round picks over the next and you second could. round picks in draft assets. Oh, look, look at what, I mean, Houston, look at what they're doing now. They've traded down several times to, to get to that point. They had the draft assets to trade up this year and pick two of the three best players that they liked um, who are both studs, right? Yeah. Um, Miami traded down. San Francisco made a big trade down teams that have traded down and gotten big draft assets. And Oh, by the way, San Francisco found their franchise quarterback somewhere, didn't they? Miami found their franchise quarterback somewhere, didn't they? And they got the pieces around them to make it work. I'm just saying like part of tanking isn't necessarily taking the player. It's finding the sucker that's gonna trade you three first round picks and two second round picks to move nine spots up in the draft so that you exactly. can take and hedge on five or six top guys okay you're not getting Caleb williams you don't get the sexy headlines but three years from now your rosters are built and they, and they're, and their and their sexy asset is is what is is flaming out somewhere like trey
1: lance yeah and, and look to go back to what we said earlier like the conditions are great this year to do something like that. You have a deep draft class and you have a couple of guys at the top that we've said, they're highly sought after, but we're not necessarily super yeah. interested in them. Right. So it's like when you have a couple of dudes that you'd be willing to pass on anyway, yeah. and it's a deep enough draft class, why the hell not move back and try to get another couple second and third round picks? You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's absolutely. kind of my mindset, and you, And there's so know?
0: many holes on this roster. Right. You're going to need those picks. Yeah. You're going to need to rebuild the team. Who's the guy you like? Like, I told you like, look, I'm no scout. I like Bo Nicks because I like a kid that's faced adversity. That kid faced a ton of adversity. He landed on top. I like Michael Penix, but I'm concerned about his knees. I would, I would take my chances with either one of those two guys. Right. You watched it. You watched the, um, the big, the pack 10 championship I watched, game.
1: I highlights of it. I saw sprinkles.
0: I watched both those games. Yeah. I mean, I fell asleep in the third quarter of the game, but I, I watched it afterwards. But, um, both those guys, I don't think the delta between either of them and, and the top two guys is that great. Like I would love it if the Patriots like traded down like Miami did a few years ago, mm. you know got or got or or you know got 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 some draft capital and still walked away with one of those two guys or the guy from LSU. Um, Jaden Daniels who's yes. rising up high. Yeah. Like to me that's a more sensible approach. I you're agree. bringing in four or five players. You still got a quarterback of the future. You're staring clear of the of the of the of the, of the, the hype machine, the BS that's Caleb Williams, the pressure and the expectations of drafting a guy at the top of the draft and you're still moving the franchise forward. Like I almost think that is a better path.
1: Yeah, I actually you named you just named my guy. I, I like Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Honestly, and that is not a guy that you have to reach on right. in, you know, the but beginning of the first But I did see a round. mock
0: where he was like 7 this this week
1: he's he's climbing for sure. But think of it like even like if you can move from like second to like sixth or seventh, like in this draft, like you can still get a bunch right. of right. added draft capital Absolutely. just by making that move. I back.
0: mean, you let you let like, someone take Bryce Young, right? You let you yes. let them have Caleb Williams. Look right. at look at what the Bears did yeah. with Bryce Young. They fleeced yeah. Carolina. Big now now they are look at where they're sitting. They're sitting pretty. They've got. Several draft picks and the best player in that trade, by the way, in DJ Moore. Yeah, that's going to be an asset if they go draft um, a quarterback or bring in a guy or whatever. They're they're going to be well equipped to stock that roster. They fleeced yep. Carolina. Carolina looks like they're in deep doo doo. Yeah, Bryce Young doesn't look very good at all. He hasn't shown anything, and the roster is completely bare. And you don't have a first round pick this year. It's like, it's like you talk about getting fleeced. We should be the bears, not Carolina. That's what I think for the Patriots. Seriously. All right. Um, Let's move on. Justin, you got anything else you want to say about the Patriots? Or can we wrap this up and move
1: around the league? (sighs) Yeah, no, let's uh, let's wrap it up. It's crazy to still think we have a ton of, ton of time left in the season oh it's, it's gonna be brutal yeah it's it, gonna be so I, we
0: said bad, it yeah. last week there's there's so much this is just gonna be worse and worse and i know worse it's funny because
1: i just feel like we're doing like a wrap-up episode in like the season right now and we're not even close you know right what I mean? no we're, we're it's not just even the way close. we're talking about it yeah. it's funny yeah, but,
0: yeah. It, it, i mean there's a whole month plus left yeah. of football it's five Seriously. weeks left They don't season until january 7th yeah it's a long boring boring search at what point do you stop watching this team
1: very close. I mean, I'll tell you what, I, like, look, i on always on every Sunday, whether I'm at home or whether I'm, uh, whether I'm with friends, it's always one TV for the Patriots, one TV for yep. red zone. And usually the Patriots are the main yep. TV, yep. right? That's not the case anymore.
0: You're going red zone. I'm going red zone, right? yeah. I'm going red zone now. I'm going red zone. And if I can you.
1: put the Patriots on a secondary screen. Yeah. You Why,
0: know? How could you, how could anyone I blame i mean I, I i think any fan that showed up at the game yesterday deserves credit i think more fans showed up at that game yesterday than i expected and that really frankly deserved to you know if there was 45 or fifty thousand yeah. people there yesterday which would be my guess yeah. hey that's more th- than than they deserved given, well and you know what because I mean, look at product
1: I, this is the for the first time and i, I i'm sure you know you may remember but I can't remember a time where I was looking online and Patriots tickets were $25. You know what I mean? So it's like part of that is, some people looking at it and saying, for the first time ever, I can go to a New England Patriots game for 25 bucks. Right. And that's almost just as crazy.
0: Well, well yeah. you wait and see, too. The weather was a part of that yesterday, yeah. too. Like yeah. I guarantee you, when, when the Chiefs come in, in in two weeks, the place will be more or less packed if it's a nice sure. weather day. If yeah. it's a sunny you know, 45-degree mild December day, Definitely. you're going to get a good crowd for a Sunday at one game. Yep. Um, I'm glad they flexed that game out, by the way. I, I, we haven't talked about that yet, but I'm not surprised. I'm not upset. Uh, as a season ticket holder, I'm thrilled about it because because I, I, it's much easier to go to a day game yeah. than a night game, yeah. so I'm all for it. And no one should be surprised, disappointed, or upset about it. This product is unwatchable. Of course, they flexed it. Who the hell wants mm-hmm. to watch that?
1: Yeah, no, it's just it's just garbage. And I think they flagged, uh, Who they put? Was it Seahawks and um, yeah, something like Eagles? So, yeah, Seahawks, 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 Eagles. I like, think so. Yeah, yeah i much as a football fan. Yeah, you'd much a- any
0: that. any halfway competitive. Game is better than than what the product yes. that was out there yes. yesterday. Okay, all right, Justin. So uh, I'm embracing the tank the rest of the way. Yeah. You know, it sounds like you are too. Yep. It sucks, but it's the right path forward for this team. All right, let's move to around the league. If you're watching on Facebook Live, I'm going to end it. Um, you can f- listen to around the league and the rest of the episode on the Doctor Football Podcast. Find us on Spotify. Find us on iTunes. The episode should drop tonight. Um, we're going to go around the league. We got a lot to talk about in uh, other places besides Foxborough. So we're going to do that now. Thanks to everyone that watched and have a great day. All right. Let's move around the league, Justin. Um, let's start with Niners-Eagles. That yeah. was the story yesterday. Yeah. And you hear the term statement game a lot of the time. Like statement game. That was a statement game. And I've heard that all day today And about, about the way the 49ers beat the Eagles. And what I'm going to do today What I'm here to say, Justin, today is that I reject that that was a statement game for the San Francisco 49ers. The the Eagles had played three games in 13 days. The 49ers were on 11 days rest. You look at the first quarter and a half of that game, and the Eagles looked like the dominant team. Then what happened? They got tired. They got beat up. Okay. A couple injuries, including to the quarterback. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't block. They were a physically tired and beat up game. I don't put a ton of stock in that result or the way that game went down. And to me, all the game between the Niners and the Eagles yesterday really affirms is what we already knew, which is this is a 50-50 game. I don't care where it's played. You can play the game on Mars. Play it on Jupiter for all I care. Philly, San Francisco, wherever. It's a 50-50 game in January. That's what we already knew, and certainly yesterday validated that.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, just you know, people keep wanting to to talk about you know, like you said, statement game, this and that. Let's just uh, let's just recap what the Eagles last couple of weeks looked like. Right uh, after their Week Six loss to the Jets, which was the last time, and up until the other night, the only time the Eagles had lost this season, um, they had to play Miami. One of the top teams in the NFL, right? They had to play Washington, which is a divisional opponent. It's always tough. Almost beat them. Almost beat them. Always tough playing a divisional opponent. And then you have another divisional opponent, Dallas, one of the best teams in the NFC, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. And guess what? They won every single one of those games. Absolutely. So I look at that and I say, hey, the 49ers caught the Eagles at the perfect time. The The 49ers were rested and healthy and the Eagles were absolutely spent from battling for their lives for the last five weeks. I don't – I'm 100% on board with you. I don't read too much into that. In fact, I think if you, you replayed that game again in neutral field and and each team is kind of coming off of a similar situation, I'm taking the Eagles.
0: I, I, I agree, and I think that – I mean, look, like everyone wants to use that yesterday as evidence that – the, the, the Niners are the dominant team in the NFC. And it's like, no, it, it's I don't believe that for one second. I, I still think that in January that that, that game is going to be a flip of the coin game. It will be a much closer game on an even playing field. I mean, the schedule makers did not do any favors to the Eagles. And no, it's funny because no. when I saw that point spread, the Niners favored by three on the road in Philadelphia, look, they're not building casinos in Vegas because they're stupid. There was something fishy about yeah. that spread. Vegas knew it going into that game too. That that this that this was not a favorable time matchup for, for the Eagles.
1: Yeah, seriously. I mean, just even without Vegas, I just think like you know. We said it. This is a team who's just absolutely gone to war the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, that's a. it's tough to do that week in, week out. Eventually, you're going to get caught, especially in such a physical uh, sport like the NFL.
0: Now, I do think there are a couple take-homes that I would say are areas of concern for Philadelphia, sure. that if you wanted to anoint them and say they're the be- best team in the league, there's a couple things, and they may still well be, by the way. I mean, number one is... Um, they they don't have a really good running game if you think about it. Like DeAndre Swift great. is no. not reliable. Like they they, they they I mean they have a good offense and yeah. Jalen Hurts runs a great offense, but when they really needed a running game, I felt like yesterday to rely on it wasn't there, and
1: yeah. that's
0: gonna hurt them in the postseason
1: for sure. For sure, yeah. they honestly, it's you haven't seen the Eagles too much have to like really rely on that run game, but. You know, against some of the better defenses, you might have to. And it's going to be tough, especially because they've already kind of said that they wanted to be a little bit more conservative. And they have been with Hertz this year. You notice Hertz? you know, he's still doing his thing, but he's not running around willy-nilly like he was last year. They're trying to conserve him a little bit. I
0: I just feel like against that 49ers defense, so fast, so physical, so capable of getting after the quarterback. You know, running the ball is key. And it is gonna hurt Philadelphia if they play again, if if they don't have the running game kind of figured out. And it doesn't yes. feel like right now they do. No. And then the other take home I would say is, and I was actually shocked. I heard this stat the morning before the game. The Eagles are 29th against the pass. This yeah, year. Yeah,
1: they're not phenomenal. They're the not the phenomenal, yeah. which is
0: crazy because they have such a great front seven. Um, and I think that one of the things that killed them yesterday is they couldn't stop the pass because they're not good at it. And they couldn't stop the run because they were tired and, and they, yeah. they were physically tired. And, and it was like, add it all up. And bottom line is they couldn't stop the Niners. But even under better conditions, it looks like that pass defense is a little bit of an Achilles heel for Philadelphia.
1: I mean, look, Mac Jones looked pretty good passed against them. He did. You know, he that was things. one of his best games. Yeah. Through three touchdowns yeah. against them. So, no, Philly is not a perfect team either by any means.
0: I, I thought those were the limitations. Now... For San Francisco, Justin, we talk a lot about Brock Purdy. And, you know, he's finally getting some of the credit he deserves. I'm not saying this guy is Pat Mahomes, but every time I watch this guy play, right, I see the same things. He's cool. He doesn't panic. He's accurate. He throws with touch. He throws with anticipation, which you can't teach. It's hard to scout that. Um, He makes good reads. And it just feels like, Okay, maybe he's not in that Allen, Mahomes, Jalen Hurts level, if you will. But what point do we start looking at Brock
1: Purdy as the tip top of the second tier of quarterbacks in this league? He's definitely making a case. I mean, he I, would you put him right now in the top 10?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely the top 10, 5 to 10.
1: Yeah. And closer I, to 5 than 10. I, I I would agree. I I mean, look. That next level of quarterbacks, though, I mean, you kind of got to do a lot to get there, yeah. right? Like, I don't. That's I, right. I don't want to. I'm not going to put him just there yet with like the, the Mahomeses and yeah, the, I the Burrow. But I, I do agree. He's in that next tier. He's, he's
0: in the next tier. People, but people talk. I mean, some people talk about him like he's a bystander, a passenger on the road. No, the, right, right, right. And he's not. Like he's really a good quarterback. And you know, will he ever be able to get into that Mahomes Burrow level? I don't know. I don't know. He, you know. It's a funny thing because it's a, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If Brock Purdy was the number one pick in the draft, we'd all be talking about him like he was Alex exactly. Holmes right now. because he was the last pick in the draft, like we 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 just pigeonhole him into a certain role. We've done this before. I mean, look, look at what how long it took for Brady to be accepted as an elite quarterback. There was a whole decade where people would have told you there, there were you know, Manning was better, this one was better, that one was better. Brady was the best of all of them. We just couldn't believe it because he was a six-round pick, right? Right. It's going to be the same thing with Brock Purdy. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but what I am saying is he's he's a a very good quarterback um, that deserves to be mentioned in the top five, six, seven quarterbacks in the league right now.
1: Yeah. I agree completely. And I love the fact that he wasn't, you know, a highly ranked or highly recruited guy coming out of college. Like, to me, this is a dude, we talked earlier about a guy who's, you know, good with facing adversity and overcoming. I mean, the guy was the last pick of the draft. Last pick in the draft, faced adversity. Yeah. Yeah, so. totally.
0: And, and it's funny because they put so much of an organizational investment into Trey Lance and it fell apart. They just got so bailed and out. And they got so bailed got so out, so out by bailed this. Out, and yeah. I mean, this kid looks like he can play. He's he's a good Quarterback, I mean, hey, he goes out and wins a Super Bowl this year, which is totally realistic and possible. I mean, wh- what can you say? You got, you yeah. got, you got, to, you got to give him a credit. Okay, let's um, let's move to the AFC, Justin, a little bit here. Um, I haven't taken the Indianapolis Colts serious at all. I watched them play the Patriots a few weeks ago. I wasn't super impressed. They keep winning, and it's amazing because like they played quarterback roulette or whatever you want to call it. Pin yeah. the tail on the quarterback for like 5 years, right? They had Rivers, Wentz, Matt Ryan, and they really couldn't sustain anything. They they had an okay season with Rivers, but they bring in Gardner Minshew, and now all of a sudden, you know, pretty good team, they're winning games. I don't know, at what point do we start taking the Colts seriously? I I'll be honest, I don't I don't take them seriously right now.
1: No, I still look, do I take them seriously to like go into like an arrowhead or something like that and win a game? No, no, no. But like, are they proving that as far as this regular season goes, they're not a bye game on the schedule? Hundred percent, right? And like, look, Gardner Minshew. Like, it, you, I look at Gardner Minshew and I see like, if he's like a borderline starter slash like top tier backup. Right. And he's doing exactly what you would want out of a guy like that to be able to come in and be serviceable, win a couple games, put up a fight. Like Gardner Minshew hasn't looked perfect, but w- he's looked good. enough. Would they be this
0: good if Anthony Richardson was was still playing for them?
1: I, I would say no. I don't know. I would it's say no. Yeah. Like
0: Gardner Minshew is like is like the quarterback. He's like he's homeless. Like nobody wants him. But yeah. the guy wins. He wins. He, he puts up decent numbers. It's like, it's just one of those things. He ha- Maybe he doesn't have that huge upside that some of these other guys have, but you got to give Minshew some credit. Like, the guy yeah. is not, he's a good quarterback.
1: Now, that's a guy I would love in New England as my bridge guy. He's a perfect guy. bridge quarterback.
0: Perfect. I, I'd even, I mean, honestly, like, I think that's how we think of him. Yeah. Gardner Minshew is like the 15th best quarterback in the league right now. Look, look go, go across the league. Yeah. Name, name, name 15 better quarterbacks than Gardner Minshew this year.
1: It's hard. It's tough. And again, but what does he have? He's got a certified number one. Yes. To work with, right? And uh, a, and a good defense a good and
0: defense, a great yeah. offensive line. Yeah. And and a, and a good running back.
1: There it is. Not rocket science, right? It's not rocket yeah. science. It's not
0: rocket science. But there there are a lot of quarterbacks who have who 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 wouldn't do as good if they weren't in the I'm sorry. Like I think I, I think Minchu is just someone that doesn't quite get the respect. That, that he deserves. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you agree with me, Justin? Like, I said this last week, but now that it's, like, officially happened by injury and not by benching, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, are a better team with Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback. And I almost feel like they're getting bailed out a little with Pickett missing a few weeks because it's one of those things where they're obligated to kind of ride with the guy because he's a first-round pick. And and at the same time, like, I mean, Kenny Pickett has been wor- one of the worst quarterbacks in the league since he's been in Pittsburgh. Yes, yeah, it's,
1: it's it's kind of crazy that going into yesterday, the Steelers were seven and four with Kenny. In spite Pickett, of right, Kenny in, spite Pickett, of in spite of in Kenny spite, spite of Pickett, Yeah, I mean, I know. You, I think you're a little higher on Trubisky than myself. I I look at it almost as like a, you know, Zappy and and Jones situation. Like, I I, I, agree I, I, with I think that. it's a lateral move.
0: I'm not. I'm I, well. I, no, I I, I agree. Or disagree. It's, I mean, look, I'm not higher on Trubisky. I I've, there's 30 quarterbacks in the NFL that are better than Mitchell. There's 35 quarterbacks. I'm just really low on Kenny Pickett. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So so to me, Kenny Pickett is like a backup quarterback who happened to get taken in the first round. Right. And Mitchell Trubisky is a borderline starter who's like the 35th best quarterback in the league. Mitchell Trubisky made a Pro Bowl. He had a year where we think he threw like 25 touchdowns and six interceptions and made the playoffs as a starter. Yeah. He's had some success in this league. What has Kenny Pickett done in his two years as a starter to approach that level? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying Trubisky – I mean, Trubisky sucks, but but I think he could do more than
1: Pickett. Yeah, I think he – I mean, he he definitely – he definitely could. I just – I just think that, like, that's a Steelers team that no matter what, they're ending up in, like, a one-and-done situation in the playoffs. Like, I just, regardless oh, yeah. of who that quarterback is, I can't see them being, like, an actual threat. Right. To well, go, well this know.
0: segues into the next topic. We talked about this last week, but it did not change. And, and look, the AFC playoff field is, I mean, did, does anybody want to see Pittsburgh in the playoffs, Indianapolis nope. or Cleveland nope. with Joe Flacco? They're your three wild cards right I now. I and mean, that's a terrible playoff field.
1: No, I'd way rather, you know, Denver, Houston, you know, maybe Buffalo. I mean,
0: shame on the Patriots, right? That you couldn't even Seriously. stay in the friggin' ballpark pocket being competitive with those three wildcard teams. I
1: know. I know. Yeah. We, you know, look, we said, you know, you probably wouldn't have to do anything crazy to get a wild card spot. Just Nothing. Like the way they beat everybody, you know, everyone's beat everybody up. But six and six, seven and five, you're in a card spot right now. It's crazy. Three, yeah. Three
0: below average teams yeah. that nobody wants to watch have absolutely no prayer making the Super Bowl. Look at, we talked about Green Bay. They make the playoffs. Like, they're, they're a live dog in the playoffs. The Green Bay Packers, are the team I wouldn't want to face if I yep. was Detroit. Yeah. Would you want to, would you want, if you're Detroit Lions, do you want Green Bay to get that last wild card spot and you're hosting them in no. week one? No. Your heartbreak's already being set up. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, it's already, they just kicked the shit out of them on Thanksgiving. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, that's a that's a legit wild card. That that's a worthy playoff team. There, right now, the three AFC playoff wildcard teams. None of them are like worthy playoff teams.
1: No, no. As, I mean, I hope you know. Selfishly, I hope kind of the three of them bum it just so we can get some exciting teams. You're, to you're
0: gonna play. watch Gardner Minshew. Joe Flacco and and Mitchell Trubisky and Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, that's gruesome. Disgusting. That's freaking gruesome. I'm praying, praying. Give me Russell Wilson, C.J. Stroud, and Josh Allen. Yeah, please. I can live with the fact the Patriots suck. I we all have to have a bad year every now and then. I'm accepting of it. Can we just have good National Wild Card games, please? Please. Yep. Yeah. That would be hideous Wildcard weekend. Oh. Like that game on Peacock that's streaming. If it's like, imagine it's like, you know, the Colts at the Ravens or the Colts at the Chiefs. I mean, come on. Who's gonna watch that? Yeah, it's gonna suck.
1: It's gonna be it's awful. Suck, yeah.
0: 30 point crushing. Um, let's talk, Justin, about a, a little bit, one more thought about the AFC and then we'll move on uh to a few other things. But you know, what it, what is what is it, what happens if the Chiefs aren't like the dominant team that we thought they were. Cause that's how it's looking right now. Like that they've lost two in a row. Um, seems like there's a lot of flaws on that team right now. They're certainly trending in the wrong direction. I kind of still believe in the Reed Mahomes combination in the postseason. I really do, but they're nowhere near the top seed in the AFC right now. I think that's Baltimore has like a, a game or a two game advantage on them. Now, w- what does the AFC look like if the chiefs are just a mediocre team?
1: weirdly and en- but like weirdly enough I think it's still the same because yeah. like I look at it and I'm like even a mediocre Chiefs team as long as they got Mahomes as long as they got Reed I think I'd take them to go and beat any of these other teams in the AFC you know yeah. one, you know, one and one and done like I'm If, still, if the
0: Chiefs are the 3rd or 4th seed do you still I mean do you still think they're the most viable Super Bowl playoff team in the field in the AFC I, yes I do I do too. I do 100% yeah. I mean you're going to have Baltimore, who we know is a flawed team, doesn't yeah. do not look good, um, and they've never won in the postseason. You're going to have Jacksonville. They have the, the one of the most, um, you know, I mean, they, they looked okay in Kansas City last year. To be fair, but but I, but I don't believe in that team to win in the postseason. You know, you're going to have the three wild card teams in, in Kansas City. I mean, that's that's a wretched uh, yeah. wretched playoff field. Yeah, borrows hurt. Borrow's hurt. Allen's probably gonna not make it. Oh, you're gonna have the Miami Dolphins who haven't beat
1: a winning team in two years. Right, right, right.
0: What a wretched playoff field.
1: Yeah. And that honestly, by by contrast, in the NFC, you got like, you know, three, four teams that really could come down to any of them, and you know they're gonna beat the crap out of each other to get to the Super Bowl. Well, didn't
0: we have it backwards in the preseason? Yeah. We thought the AFC was the power conference and the nfc was was weak and yes. we boy were we wrong yeah they're gonna have time. they have four legitimate i would say borderline super bowl caliber teams obviously yes. philly and san francisco are a lead i mean dallas and detroit look they're nine and three they're trending through 11 12 wins say what you will about them they could make a run yes yeah and you got the hot wild card team now in green bay I mean, they—they, they, you know, I, I think. You know, La, the Rams too. They're not. They're not the Ram, out of any. The Rams deserve to make the playoffs. Yes. Wouldn't you rather see the Rams than either any of those three AFC teams? Yeah, I would absolutely. With Stafford and, and fit kind of figuring it out, the, the Rams, the Packers, and the Cowboys. That's a le- those are legit wild card teams. Yeah. Now the weak the weak part of the NFC is the NFC South winner has to make it. That's going to be basically a bye week for whoever right. draws them, because th- yeah. they, they, that team's going to suck.
1: Honestly, the best thing that could happen from that team for that team from now until then is for there to be a reason to force Taylor Heineke into the starting role, because <coughs> that team with Desmond Ritter, I think, is just so so boring. I almost want to
0: see Tampa Bay make it though.
1: I, I would rather see Tampa Bay because <laughs> I feel it. like I,
0: I feel like there's talent on the team. Mayfield's won in the postseason before. I'd rather watch Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay than, than, than Desmond Ritter in Atlanta 100%. or Taylor Heineke. Either yeah. one. Okay. And then um, we don't talk, Justin, about the uh, college football situation very much, but I think we need to mention college football playoffs this year because, first of all, thank God that they're moving to a 12 team playoff yeah, this year. Yeah. Because finally, what happened this year was you had six teams. That I think legitimately all deserve to make the postseason. It was very hard to pick four of those six teams. Yes. And there was no way you were gonna be left, you were gonna be, you were gonna be without pissing someone off.
1: Seriously. Well, look, the way I was looking at it is like the SEC is the best conference bar none in in college football. And you have to like, were you gonna not put an S the SEC winner in there? Right. Like, so you're exactly. going to so leave Georgia or Alabama. And here's the thing, too. is But like, it was
0: a perfect love triangle because Alabama beat Georgia. Yeah. And, and Texas beat Alabama. Yes. So they all, frankly, had somewhat legitimate claims to the postseason. Exactly.
1: And look, here's my thing is like, here's why I'm not as mad as, you know, a lot of people are about the Florida State thing. Right. Florida State just lost their quarterback. And not only that, but they even. They lost their backup. They lost their backup. And how, how many times have you seen since they instituted the playoffs that if a fringe fourth team makes it like an either a non-power school or like a you know a fringe team they always get blown the hell out right right by, by by a big power school right and i just look at it and i'm like i get florida state was undefeated but you can't tell me that anybody in the country thinks that florida state would put up a better game than alabama and against whoever they're playing michigan it's michigan Playing right. Michigan. Right. You're telling you're telling me that Florida State's going to put up a better game without uh, without uh, even a backup quarterback than Alabama is. So like I yeah. look at that and I'm like okay, if you if you're talking about who like deserves to be in there on record an undefeated team from the ACC, yeah, you got snubs. But if you're talking about who actually has a chance to be the national champion, who's one of the four best teams right now, I think Alabama would sp- blow Florida state out of the water by 50 points. If you're talking from, I think what you're saying is
0: if you're talking from like a fairness or justice perspective, then Florida state deserves to be there because they went 12 and zero in the ACC conference championship. I don't think an undefeated major conference championship has ever not been made the default, the the, the playoffs. So from the power five, of course, Florida state got screwed, but what do we want to see and what was the right thing to do and what was the common sense thing to do Yes. Were they well, you know, they're trotting out a third string quarterback and you look at how they performed in their last two games against Louisville. And um, I forget, was it Maryland uh, two weeks ago, I think. And of course that they were not, they were going to get creamed by Alabama or Michigan or yes. Texas or whoever else they had to play. Why would anyone want to see that? Was it the right thing to do? Probably not. Was I glad they did it? Absolutely. They picked the four best teams. And in my opinion, the the team that no one's talking about is Georgia. Georgia. Because they were the best team in college football for three and a half months. And they lose to another playoff team in a conference championship game in a competitive game. And now all of a sudden they're on the outs. If they had lost in October... And won that game, you know. Then they would have been in, right. but because the timing of the loss knocks them out, their resume is every bit as good as any of the other four teams that made the playoffs. And I'm
1: pretty sure Georgia. I, I don't know if Georgia and Texas played, but if they did, Georgia won. I, I let's look it up. You have the yeah, computer, yeah, look it up. I yeah,
0: I mean, I, I don't know. If Ge- I think
1: Georgia would beat the brakes off of Washington. Yeah. So I mean, I mean,
0: Georgia might be the best team in college football, right? Alabama should have lost to Auburn 2 weeks ago, right? I took Did you see the Alabama Auburn game, the Iron Bowl? Yes. It was a miracle. Did you see the ending of that game? Yeah. A miracle. That was a great ending. If Alabama loses that game, it doesn't matter what happens in the conference championship game. They're not in the playoffs, and it's a totally different situation.
1: Right. No, I'm I'm, from what I'm seeing here. I don't think, I don't think Georgia and Texas. I don't don't think think they're East and West. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but, but if Alabama
0: loses to Auburn in the iron bowl, they're not in the playoffs. Right. So it was like the timing. If you take the totality of the resume, Georgia's was every bit as good as anyone else's yet. Yet they, they, they had this very inconveniently time loss and, I mean, besides Michigan, I mean, I mean, besides Washington and Michigan, because they both went undefeated and look, Washington beat Oregon twice and Oregon's a, a, a level win. So like you got to Washington was going to be there. Michigan was going to be there. But I mean, if you look at this Texas, Florida State, Alabama, um, um, Georgia kind of triangle or quadrangle, if you will, like their resume was as good as
1: anyone's. A hundred percent, yeah. Georgia, I think, was a bigger snub than Florida State. Y-
0: yeah, I agree with that. I totally agree. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I'm I'm putting Florida State sixth. Yes, but but the reality is, they all deserve to play it, and like they they flirted. The, and I mean, college football, the committee, NCAA, they flirted with painting themselves in a corner. Many times over the since they did this fourteen playoff thing, yeah. and it's just the perfect storm never really happened. They always kind of got a bailout. Someone lost, you know, something happened. There was a way to rationalize or justify the four teams they picked. Finally, this year they completely got boxed in, and there was no way to justify. It was the perfect like quadrangle with yes. these four teams that each deserve these last two spots, and and I'm just glad it happened because. They're moving to this new system next year, and this is—I could not see them coming back next year with a 14 playoff again after after really what a debacle this is. Yeah, because yeah. Florida State deserves to be there. Like at the end of the day, like I'm a big believer that why play the games? You know, like the point of the games is performance on the field. Florida State deserved a chance to, to play, but you know, obviously, we all know what was going to happen if they made it. So I'm glad they didn't pick them. But
1: yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm glad they didn't pick him either, but feel bad for the kids. Feel yeah, bad for WP. them. And and
0: I feel I feel like, hey, if the games if you can go 12 and 0 and and you're not one of the teams, there is something my first. There's something wrong about that, yes. you know? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, brother. Anything else you want to add before we wrap it up?
1: No, no, I think that's it. Just uh yeah, man. Got a lot of football left. Um Thursday night football. Yeah, Thursday night football against again. Yeah, we got who I was damn. I was actually sad. Yeah.
0: Oh man, they gotta play on Thursday night. This is gonna be awful.
1: I know. I know Thursday night football. And like, honestly, I'm hoping Trubisky can come in and be competent because I'm not trying to eke out any surprise wins at this point. Well, I think
0: this is a winnable game for the Patriots. Unfortunately, I hate to say that because, because even though Pittsburgh is a much better team, it doesn't feel like the difference in talent is all that great. No, the Patriots get like a. A garbage touchdown or special teams you know thing they're going to be right in this game yeah, yeah. But, but that's what it's going to take if it happens <laughs> damn, it. Yeah, seriously. damn it yeah all right well that's all the time we have we want to wrap it up thank everyone that might have listened to the doctor football podcast wishing you all a great week I guess enjoy the game Thursday night try not to fall asleep uh, it's going to be a challenge of course and uh, we'll be back next week to wrap it up to, to record again I should say and um discuss whatever happens this week in the NFL. Have a great week, everyone, and thanks for listening.